Very glad to be here this morning and to worship with you. I'd like to greet each one in Jesus' name. Thank you. I must say, I, uh, I wish I could speak a little Spanish this morning, but I can't. So, uh, well, I can speak a little bit, but it's not enough to uh, translate, so I'm not going to endeavor to try to speak any Spanish this morning. <clears throat> Glad to see the, the, uh, all the people that are here, though, from various places. It's an encouragement to see God's people gathered together like this on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> had a number of thoughts going through my mind recently in relation to Christmas and uh, I had to think of a person that was in the lineage of Christ I like to think about the life of Rahab this morning <clears throat> been blessed by reading about her life in my personal worship and uh, you turn with me this morning for a message to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, and I'd like to first of all read verses 18 through 21. This is just kind of breaking into the story here. <clears throat> it says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother, and thy brethren, and all thy father's household, home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the house, out of the doors of thy house, into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his, shall, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. <clears throat> the title of the message this morning is, is The Scarlet Line. I'm blessed this morning by all the types that we see in Scripture and how they go throughout the Bible and what they mean to us today. And I don't think that when Rahab used that, that thread, when she used that rope to let those people, those spies down, I don't think she really understood probably that this would be a beautiful type of the blood of Christ and the salvation that it, that it would mean to us as New, as New Testament believers. <clears throat> Well, this morning, as we look back on this, on this scene, we see that this, this scarlet line was the, 
was the only means of salvation for, for, her, for her and her family and also for the spies. <clears throat> this morning is the same way. The blood of Christ, that the blood that we see throughout Scripture, we see it in the Old Testament, the blood of the animals that atone for the sins of, their, of the people, as we see that being carried out through all the sacrifices, that in the New Testament we have the precious blood of Jesus. We see the, the beautiful type that this is in Scripture. And we'd like to talk about that this morning. <clears throat> First of all, I'd like to talk about the setting here in Joshua. Before this, we have more than a million Israelites had left Egypt under Moses' leadership. But because of their unbelief, everyone 21 years old was prohibited from entering into Canaan. <clears throat> Moses had died at this point. We, we know the story as to why God would not take him into Canaan because of his failure. We have a new leader coming on the scene. His, his name was Joshua. And he had the responsibility to take, to take Israel over the Jordan River and take them into the land of Canaan. <clears throat> Jericho was in a strategic location. It was, it was a very important city, a strong city in the land of Canaan. <clears throat> It was at the openings of two vital pathways through the surrounding mountains. One pathway led south towards Jerusalem, the other led northwest towards Ai and beyond toward Bethel. This city was something that had to be overcome for the Israelites to make their advance into Canaan. <clears throat> so we see Joshua as a new leader uh, choosing a few spies to go look the land and to give them an overview of the city and to make a plan to, to overcome this city. And the decision to stay at Rahab's house, I think, was not going to cause unnecessary attention. It was a good, it was a, uh, everybody stayed there. It was a plan that would, was not going to raise a lot of suspicion, but we see that they found out anyways <clears throat> that they were in the Rahab's house. And so they were going to try and take this, this city. And in this city, there was, looking, on the, looking at this city, I don't believe they would have thought there was any, any seed of faith anywhere among these people. These were heathen people. Actually it says of Rahab and Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 that she was a harlot and she lived in this city on the city wall. And I believe this morning that this this description of of Rahab was was a description of her but I also believe it was a description of, of the society and the city in general of, 
their morals. She lived among a people without morals. She lived among a wicked people, and she was the same way. Their idolatrous worship included immorality, and it was something that was expected and accepted in their culture. Sometimes we look at Rahab as someone who was, who was way down the line. We studied about that in our Sunday school lesson, didn't we? About a, a lady who was, who was deep in sin. But I, I really think that Rahab was, was uh, a lady who was simply one of, one of the people. And I had to think this morning as we think about Rahab that we also live in a world without morals. And, but let's never forget that there is a seed of faith. There is the possibility of the seed of faith in any society, in any home, in any group of people. There is the possibility of faith. Why was she this way? It's because she had never been taught the way of truth. <clears throat> I guess I'm blessed this morning, though, as I see her life. And I don't know where this seed of faith began in Rahab's experience. But if you turn with me to Joshua 2, verses 9 to 11, we can see, we can see Rahab here giving her testimony to the spies. And she said that I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any courage in any man because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in the heaven above and in the earth beneath. So as we think of, as we think of Rahab's testimony, it was more than just a, uh, we, could, we could see it was a very personal testimony that she had here. She said, we heard all these things about what, what God has done for you people. And that was something that everybody knew, right? Everybody knew how the Israelites had conquered people. But in verse 11, it's her personal testimony. She says, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and in earth beneath. She understood who God was. <clears throat> and today, as, as we as, as God's people live in a heathen society. As the church moves forward today, the lives of sinful humanity are touched by the power of God working in, in your life. Let's make this personal this morning. The power of God that works in your life is touching someone today. And you'd be surprised at who all, it will be, who all will be touched by it. <clears throat> Not only did this lady Rahab have a testimony of faith, but we see that she acted on this seed of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 31 says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. 
this decision to keep the spies safe was actually a very big decision. It was, it was huge. Uh, as we think about who Rahab was and the people among whom she dwelt, she could have easily turned these spies into the king. And it would have been a crushing blow to the Israelites. And she could have prospered her home country, her city. But there was something about that, the way she saw God working among these people that, that planted within her the seed of faith. And she knew that that's where she wanted to be when, when, when the battle came. She knew that she wanted to be on God's side. And so she hid the spies. And I believe at that point it was a turning point in her life. <clears throat> so she acted on her faith. And she let, she let those, she hid them on the roof of her house. And after the, after the men that were push, pursuing them left, she let them out, let them out of her house down the, down the side of the wall with this scarlet thread. <clears throat> and it was, it was her salvation. And they told her that now that you've done this, you've let us down and you've saved our lives. I said, we're going to remember you. When we come to, when we come up against Jericho, we're going to remember this, this act. And what we want you to do is you take this rope, you take this rope that you let us down by, and you, and you put that in your window, you bind it in your window. And I, and we think about that, that red rope being round, bound up in that window. And as we think about the question of whether or not those spies had been in her house, I think binding that scarlet thread in that window was actually a pretty dangerous thing to do in my mind because it showed the fact that it could have easily confirmed it could have raised questions among people's minds put it that way why is that why is that uh, why is that rope in your window like what does it mean why is it there but she hung it there anyways and that and that rope was what saved her family <clears throat> this morning, coming back to the title of the message, The Scarlet Line, it's the blood of Christ that gives anyone hope in this wicked world. It's the blood of Christ that, that cleanses us from sin, whether we're, whether, regardless of the background that we have, regardless of the nationality, Regardless of our home life, regardless of the, uh, the situation we're in, it's a thing that will save us in the end. <clears throat> and we need to keep that in mind. I would like to think a little bit about what the scriptures have to say about blood in scripture. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 
You can turn there if you like to. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So God is saying here that, that blood, life is in the blood. And he required that to make an atonement for the soul. And uh, God set this requirement in place early on in, in Scripture. As we see uh, Adam and Eve falling, in the, uh, losing their relationship with God in the garden, uh, blood was shed to cover their sin. <clears throat> so acceptance with God meant the loss of life. And uh, we can also see that uh, in Abel's sacrifice, he offered a lamb which is a beautiful type of Christ. And we can see how, how that lamb, the shedding of an innocent lamb throughout Israel, the, the, the lives or the uh, sacrifices of Israel, uh, it was a beautiful type of, of Christ. <clears throat> uh, Genesis, uh, now let's turn to Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 13. <clears throat> Here we can see a picture of another lamb that was provided when Abram went to offer the sacrifice, offer Isaac as a sacrifice. I don't think I'll take the time to read this passage this morning, but Abram was, was told to go offer his son Isaac on the altar and God miraculously provided a lamb for him and and he was and this lamb was slain instead of Isaac. God provided a lamb. There again typifying Jesus Christ. And very similar very similar uh, passage in Exodus 12 1 to 13 as well. We have the Passover where the uh, blood was sprinkled on the uh, doorposts of the house and and the uh, the death angel passed over them <clears throat> and then in the New Testament we have the sacrifice of Christ and we have his his blood being shed for our sins in John chapter 19 verses 33 to 37 I think I'll just read that John chapter 19, verses 33 to 37. <clears throat> this is the ultimate sacrifice for sin. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. 
And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he that he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scriptures should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And, and again another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they have pierced. <clears throat> and so this, this blood of Christ that flowed from his body was the perfect sacrifice. And it typified that, that scarlet line that was in the window. And it is the salvation of our souls this morning that, that cleanses and atones for the sins of the people. <clears throat> what was different about the blood of Christ versus the lambs in the Old Testament the difference was is this was a perfect human being that, was, that lived a perfectly sinless life. He faced the temptations that you and I face, but yet he was without sin. And that's, that's the requirement that God wanted for the perfect sacrifice. <clears throat> and he came to this earth as a baby. Not that he would just be an example for us, but that he would live. I like that song that we sing sometimes. It says, his birth was but a path to Calvary. And so Jesus' life, though he was born in a manger, his life was a series of steps to Calvary. <clears throat> and there he shed his blood. And today it's the salvation of all mankind. If we, like Rahab, believe Believe in the sacrifice of Christ. <clears throat> Romans 3, verse 24 and verse 25. Let's turn to that in relation to the sacrifice of Christ. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. So think about, just thinking about the redemption that we have through the blood of Christ and our salvation. It says, verse 24, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So here we have the picture of a just and holy God that couldn't compromise his holiness. He couldn't stoop lower. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't have a relationship with us without the shedding of blood, without a perfect sacrifice. And there was, only one, there was only one way to do that. And that was through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And we see that His blood declared the sins that were past. Those who had faith in the blood that had, that had died a long time ago, Though they, though they express faith, that blood cleansed for their sins. 
So we can see like the people like Rahab, uh, people like Abraham that, that, that saw Christ and, and had faith and were obedient to God. The, the blood cleansed, the blood was atoned for their sin. And we also today look back on that sacrifice. I'm blessed this morning as we see those Old Testament saints as they look forward to the sacrifice of Christ. <clears throat> they, they look forward in faith, we look back in faith to the sacrifice of Jesus. And you know what? That, that blood of Jesus, it never ever runs out. It is, it is just as powerful today as it was the day he died. But the, the important thing this morning is, is that is faith. We, we can see it in Rahab as she hung that scarlet line in the window. And so it is for us today. We need to have faith in that blood. <clears throat> Turn with me now to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 16. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 16. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. <clears throat> so the blood of Jesus this morning brings peace to us. At one time, the Gentiles were far off, which means that they were a long ways from entering into a covenant relationship with God. But now in Christ Jesus, they were made nigh by the blood of Christ. We can see that the sacrifice of Christ broke down the wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. And he brought us together, he brings us together through the blood of Christ than through the word. The Old Testament law was something that brought enmity between the Jews and the Gentiles. But he took that away. He took away the ceremonial law. And he gave us truth. He gave us the full word of God by the blood of Christ. <clears throat> and so it's a beautiful picture here in Ephesians how he took two groups of people that were so far apart from each other and he, say, he made of himself twain one new man, so making peace that he might reconcile both un, unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And... Uh, 
It's a beautiful picture of the church today, how, how Jews, Gentiles, uh, Muslims, uh, doesn't matter what race you can be, if we, in faith and obedience, believe in Jesus Christ and follow him, we can be part of the same, same body. We can be part of the same body. And we can be partakers of the one spirit, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4. And that spirit, because of the cleansed hearts and the cleansed lives that we have, can actually take these differences and make us come together in a place like this this morning and have fellowship with each other. Isn't that amazing? That is truly amazing. And, but we need to always keep that in mind. We know there's differences that come up sometimes. And there's relationship struggles. There's, there's this problem I have and that problem I have. But we need to come back to the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ makes it possible for us to overcome all those things. And to break down the middle wall of partition between us. And to be together in, in Christ. <clears throat> and we see that happening in the last part of Ephesians 2, where Christ tore down this wall that stood between the Jews and the Gentiles. But I see it's such a beautiful picture in verse 20. He says, He built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple of the Lord, in whom ye are also builded together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. This is what the blood of Jesus Christ does. It, does, it not only removes walls, but it builds something in place of a wall. It builds something in the place of a wall. <clears throat> and it builds a sure foundation for us and our families. The blood of Jesus Christ also brings peace to our hearts. And uh, that is something that we cherish this morning. It brings peace to our hearts. And we need, we need peace today in our hearts. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, is what the angels said when Jesus came. And he, and he did that. You know... I guess the burden of the message this morning is that we would never lose sight of the fact that Jesus is our only hope in this world. He's the, he is our, the blood of Christ and faith in that blood is our only hope. We take it a little bit for granted, at least I do, that, that we know Jesus came and, we're, and uh, we just, because he did, and, and uh, we're used to that fact. But dear ones this morning, if he wouldn't have came, we would be without hope. There would be no hope. <clears throat> so this, this scarlet line that was hung in Rahab's window. That typifies the sacrifice. It typifies the salvation of, of mankind. <clears throat> I, I would now like to just think a little bit more about Rahab. We talked about what this, what that scarlet line typified through the blood of Jesus. Let's think a little more about Rahab this morning, though. <clears throat> we too live in a world 
that is ripe for judgment. But somewhere, some, but like we said before, in every society, there is someone who is looking for something different. And we don't know exactly who that is. The challenge for us this morning is that we would, we would bind that scarlet line in the windows of our lives. <clears throat> you know, that scarlet line wouldn't have done much if she would have hung it in her closet. <clears throat> but she needed to hang it in her window. It had to be something that was visible for the world to see. I'm challenged this morning that God takes faith as a grain of mustard seed. When we act in obedience on that faith and do what we know, He takes that faith and He makes it grow. <clears throat> it's hard for us this morning to understand faith. and what it can produce in every person's heart. Hebrews says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. <clears throat> that is faith. Why is it this morning that the seed of faith can take root in one person and not the other? Why is it that the seed of faith can take, take root in one person and not the other? It comes down to the fact of choice. I believe today that everyone, sooner or later, has the chance that Rahab had on that city wall. Everybody does. And it might come in all kinds of different forms that we would never think of. Those opportunities might come in different ways that we would never think of. But the fact remains this morning that faith is a grain of mustard seed that is acted on and believed on will grow. There is no environment in this wicked world of 2023, almost 24, that faith cannot grow in. There is no place that faith cannot grow. I'm blessed by that this morning. <clears throat> faith can grow in Jericho. Faith can grow in Canada. Faith can grow anywhere. <clears throat> Second thing we'd like to think about this morning, do we think of Rahab on that wall and the opportunity that she had with those spies coming into her house, that the things that happen to us in life aren't chance. They're not chance. We might say that fate happens to anyone. <clears throat> but that's, but God, I believe God is in control of all the events of our lives. Let's see the, the things that happen to us as an opportunity to greater express our faith. We sing the song, draw me near, near, blessed Lord, 
to the cross where thou hast died. And the hard things that we face in life can bring us near to the blood of Christ. They did with Rahab. They brought her closer to the blood of Christ. Closer and closer. The things that happen to us are not chance. <clears throat> Third thing we'd like to think about today is that God never forgets or forsakes his promise. God never forsakes or forgets his promises. <clears throat> Turn with me now to Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. <clears throat> This is kind of the end of the story here with Rahab. <clears throat> it says, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive, and her father's household, and all that she had. And she dwelleth... Where? Where does Rahab live? She lives in Israel. That's where she lives. She lives in Israel. Even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. <clears throat> this morning, that's a promise. That's a promise Rahab enjoyed. And it's a promise that you and I can enjoy as well. To live among Israel. Who's Israel today? Who is Israel today? What's the Bible say? Well, Galatians says that those, those that be of faith are Abraham's seed. The faithful. That's who God dwells with today. The faithful. <clears throat> I guess I'm blessed this morning to think about many among us who have come into the fold. And it's a journey we all must take, whether we are born Mennonite or born outside the Mennonite way of life. It's a journey we must all take to enter into the Israel of God. <clears throat> the journey of faith takes a man from where he is to where God wants him to be. It takes you from the, the wall of Jericho that is ready to crumble. And it takes you to Israel. And that's where God wanted him to be. Dwight mentioned this morning before the message about where am I on this journey of life? Where am I on this journey of faith today? Fourth thing we'd like to think about is that Rahab had a vision that went far beyond herself. And she, she saw the future generations to come. We can see in the account there that she took her mother and her father and uh, her whole family 
And she said, you come on into this, you, you come into this house. If you stay in this house, the promise is that there is, there, you will be safe. <clears throat> you know what, I think we have a responsibility this morning as, especially as fathers in our homes. In a wicked world, we have the responsibility to provide a safe place for our families. In the society that we live in, we need to have a vision. We need to have a vision, not for ourselves, but for all of our, all of our families, our friends, <clears throat> especially us as fathers. We need to provide a way, we need to show them a way to escape the wickedness of the world around us. <clears throat> How is it today that we can provide the way of salvation for our families? Number one, we as parents need to bind that scarlet line in our hearts. We need, I like the word bind there. It means to make it secure. Make it secure. Is the, is the blood of Christ precious to your own heart? And I trust it is today. <clears throat> then on top of that, we as fathers need to act on our faith. And we need to Prove our faith by our works and to live it out in consistent daily living. And I know God can help us do that. That's a daily challenge. <clears throat> Providing for the salvation of our families in the world in which we live. The blood of Christ this morning can take the vilest sinner. It takes a woman in a society that is without morals to a woman who is among the faithful. <clears throat> May God help us this morning as we enter into this new year that we would claim the blood of Christ and in faith look forward to the time when he comes back. Let's lift up our heads today for our redemption draws nigh. <clears throat> I'm challenged today by the example of Rahab. And let's take that example for ourselves and for our families. And no matter what life brings us, let's focus on the promises of God and what he has provided for us. Do you lead in prayer? We stand or? Let's stand for prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your many blessings this morning. We pray, Lord, that You would help us, Lord, to keep our faith fixed on Thee. We thank You, Lord, for the provisions in Christ. Thank Thee, Lord, for the peace and the joy it brings to our hearts. 
We pray, Lord, that help each one this morning to think about that and to to uh, really treasure what you have done for us on Calvary. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, for your word. That is true. Lord, we live in a world that is full of ideas that are wrong, ideas that would lead us away from, from this saving faith. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to read and study your word, help us to love it, help us to cherish the principles of truth that are in the word. <clears throat> Bless each home here today, especially be with each father in the home as they they uh, they lead their families, direct them, Lord, help them to be faithful. Be with the leaders here in this church, that you would bless them for their faithfulness, Lord, to help them, Lord, to look to you each day. Bless the youth that are new in the faith, that perhaps sometimes are are uh, unsure of what the future may hold. Help them, Lord, to grasp your promises. Pray for all the children that you would bless them as well. <clears throat> Be with the grandparents that are old and um, maybe failing in health. Pray for Brother Willie this morning. You would be with him especially. Bless him in his older years. Help him, Lord, to continue to look to thee and to be faithful. Direct him, Lord. <clears throat> Grant him healing. Help us all, Lord, to be watching and ready for your return. Keep us safe as we travel. Bless our day together. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>